Welcome to Highly Questionable. These guys are never ready when the time is to start. Uh, what do you like on the show today, Izzy? What are you excited about? I almost put my phone down like two seconds ago, Dan. <laughs> All right, football. We're going to talk about football. Are you more intrigued by how good the Niners looked or how bad the Packers looked? We'll find out more about the Niners the next couple of weeks when they play people like the Saints. But when starting 0-9 two years ago or 1-7 last year, could you have imagined what you saw last night? Which is Aaron Rodgers totally broken by everything that San Francisco was doing. Aaron Rodgers looking worse than you've ever seen him look. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers thinking to themselves, if we see this team in the playoffs, they better have a bunch of guys hurt because we can't play with these guys given what they just did to us. I don't overreact to one-game samples, but the people the Packers had on the field last night couldn't do anything against San Francisco, and that San Francisco team has come a long way in a short time. Yeah, the patience that San Francisco's had with Kyle Shanahan, with Jimmy Garoppolo, really great, really intriguing, but not as intriguing as the Green Bay Packers and their supposed demise right here. I'm not saying they're falling apart, but look at Aaron Rodgers in the last three games. 161 yards, 233, 104. Not really playing great, and you consider that he only has two interceptions. Normally, all you ask of a quarterback is to not turn the ball over, and we can make good things happen. You have one of the greats of all time back there not throwing interceptions, and he still can't make anything happen right now. So I'm going to let Dan think about this for a little bit because I want him to answer the question if he actually believes Aaron Rodgers is in decline or if this is other people's fault because there's a lot of good things about this team. and You can say Aaron Rodgers is obviously at the top. Hasn't looked like it lately. Yeah, he had 18 touchdowns and two interceptions so far this season. Just looking at that, you think it's same old Aaron Rodgers, but you're right. He's been bad in the last few games, or at least been mediocre in the last few games, and bad in a couple games. The Chargers game and this game, he had 3.2 yards per attempt, which is awful. And he was 0 for 7 for passes that go more than 10 yards. You can't win in a league like this if your quarterback can't go down the field aggressively in any fashion. And I think it's also kind of scary to see how poorly this defense has played recently. I was very high on this defense before the season started, and they've played well well for much of the season but if they fall apart also I don't know where this team turns Nick Wright had the stat that he dropped back Aaron Rodgers did 38 times last night for a total of 66 yards that's not Aaron Rodgers who is it then I blame the receivers you know I'm <laughs> going to blame the does. receivers of course. those guys need to start getting open <laughs> nobody was open out there Damn yeah. it, LaFleur. And I blame the front office as well <laughs> while we're at it. And that offensive line needs to protect my beloved. <laughs> Is Jerry Jones right to lay the blame on the coaching staff for the Cowboys' loss to the Patriots? 22 bleeping years ago, 23 bleeping years ago, he ran off champion coach Jimmy Johnson with this kind of stuff, and here he is still doing it. Listen, after they lose against the Patriots, low-scoring game, Jerry Jones basically just said, hey, this is my coach's fault. This is very frustrating, and it's frustrating to do it, uh, uh, to just be reminded that some of the fundamentals of football and coaching were what beat us out there today. I don't think there's a game that a coaching staff uh, has areas that it wouldn't, uh, couldn't do better in. I don't like it that we've got so many as I'm standing here tonight. The makeup of this team, uh, I shouldn't be this frustrated. 
I know that we're used to it after all these years, but Jerry doesn't even have to look at game film. He doesn't need to review tape. He's got an answer for you right after the game about everything that happened, and I want you to sort of absorb how absurd that is before you absorb whether or not he's right or wrong. The idea that this guy doesn't want to look in a mirror. He's got to blame his coach because to not blame his coach is to say my players aren't good enough, and they've lost to Minnesota. They've lost to the Saints. They've lost to the good teams when they play them and the Jets. He doesn't want to look in a mirror so he blames the mannequin my god i would hate working for jerry jones but working where i do now i love him because he gives us so much stuff to talk about because he's right in this particular case i understand what you're saying dan but if you watch that game it was a lot of ill-prepared mistakes like you got a punt block that should never happen if you're a well-coached team they had two penalties on a fourth down because the patriots didn't have a returner back and they got so confused like they weren't prepared for that Dak prescott had no idea whether he could throw the ball barehanded or with a glove on in a in a game that we knew was raining my iphone told me it was raining before they went out there these are all things that every coach i've been on a team with they go over these things in the locker room before the game days before the game they had that kickoff that fell well short when all the kickoffs in the game had been falling short when kicking in that direction jason garrett just seemed surprised and surprised after each surprise and everything ended up with a mistake if he doesn't motivate the players we don't see them get excited he doesn't out scheme anybody and he manages the game so poorly i'm not sure as someone who's been trying to defend jason garrett for the past several years i'm not sure how we can defend him because there's nothing for him to hang his hat on what does he do well I mean he claps really well Dominique that's about it and I was ready to say that Jerry Jones was going to have all the excuses in the world because of this weather or because it's New England that he's playing at oh this wasn't the game that will define us but just look at the two teams just offensively right you have one in Tom Brady everybody knows he's looking for Julian Edelman found him time and again a couple of times threw it to him and it should have been completed and it wasn't Amari Cooper couldn't catch anything. They could not get him the ball. Stephon Gilmore seemingly had him blanketed, and there was no scheme to get him open, even though there are other talented people around him. It's very obvious that right now it is a coaching thing with Dallas, and frankly, he probably should have gotten rid of Jason Garrett a few seasons ago. This is him just lamenting that and at the same time praising Bill Belichick because that's what a good coach looks like. No kidding. Dominique, you asked what he does well. What he does well is endure things like this, which most egos that are head coaches wouldn't abide this stuff. He gets extended because he's willing. He's willing and he's compliant. Is it really fair to pin the Eagles' loss to the Seahawks on Carson Wentz? I will continue to point out, as the Patriots have their 17th straight 10-win season, how hard it is to stay up there. The Atlanta Falcons were up 28-3 against those Patriots. You see what's happened to them since. And these Philadelphia Eagles are physically broken all over the place. He's day-to-day with a hand injury, but they could put nothing on the field yesterday. No receivers. The receivers they had before couldn't catch the ball. They're all injured. Now that's a bunch of no-names. Their offensive line is decimated. And then the first quarter, they're all... All pro guard leaves the game because of anxiety, just leaves the game. Everything was a mess around him. He's going to get the blame because he's the only guy left on that offense we can name. And he's still worthy of a lot of that blame, Dan, if you actually just watch the games or if you just look at his injury history. And this is something, obviously, he can't control. But you're talking about a wrist injury, ribs injury, an ACL, a back, and now the hand. All of these things are going to contribute to him not playing well at the quarterback position. It seems like we've all been sort of hanging our hats, respectively. Why on... is everyone hanging hats <laughs> I know. Hats I'm not even, I don't even wear a hat. I have all this hair. Anyways, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's a good question. But we were all hanging our hats on that 
won three quarters of a season where he was nearly MVP. There are a lot of guys who've had great three quarters of a season. And with these injuries, he can drop off. And you can see his inaccuracies happening there. Obviously, he's got a lot of excuses with the injuries, but he's got to play better himself and lift these guys up some. Yeah, but that great season that he had is also part of the reason why he gets injured so often. Because he does hang his hat on holding onto the ball for far too long and creating plays because of his athleticism. And I think it's fair for us to criticize how good Carson Wentz is because you watch those games. Those guys weren't catching some balls because they can't catch, but also because he was overthrowing them time and time again. I think it's fair for us to ask how good Carson Wentz actually is. Because you go back to that three-quarters of the season where he was MVP caliber, that team was so good, it went on to win a Super without him we put him in other circumstances he has not been nearly as impressive and I think he's getting a lot of leadway that we wouldn't give to other quarterbacks in the league and just think about how many talented MVP caliber quarterbacks we've seen just in the last three years emerge he seems to be sort of stuck in the middle somewhere right now can you guys put up that highlight of him just floating sailing I don't know if this is an injury or this is awful but him just floating it's just a pass in the flat here what is that? Like, how is that possible? The announcer blamed the wind right there. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was a lot more hand than wind. Oh, gosh. Do we need to take back the apologies we gave to John Gruden last week? Okay, he's headed for this purgatory we've been asking for years. Is Ryan Tannehill good? Is he not good? Is Marcus Mariota good? Not good. Jameis Winston good? Not good. Are the Raiders for real? They are not for real. They lose to the Jets in an embarrassing fashion. But this is what tells you that they are not for real. They are, in point differential this year, negative 56. Let me tell you who's better than negative 56 this year. Atlanta, Jacksonville, Detroit, Tampa. Denver, all better than Oakland. That's a better indicator of how good they actually are. Their record is a bit of a mirage. I don't know if I agree with you on that. I think their record is probably higher than it should be. And I think even their own quarterback after the game kind of conceded that, yeah, we've won a couple games that maybe we shouldn't have and we're a little ahead of schedule. But I think that means that we should give him some credit because I think this team, talent-wise, is as bad as they were yesterday. But somehow have managed to win several games. So let's not jump off the John Gruden ship that quickly. It took me a while to be convinced that he's doing things well. So it's going to take me a while to be unconvinced that he's terrible. They're on the right track. I would like to apologize to John Gruden on behalf of Dan Levitard for taking back the apology that he offered last week because the argument that he just gave actually should give credit to John Gruden. They are not a very good football team personnel-wise. They're pretty decent. He turned Derek Carr into a 70% passer for several weeks and a team that overachieved. We'd be killing coaches if they had a, you know, a Cleveland Browns-type talent and have Cleveland Browns-type results. Instead, we're just killing John Gruden because how, he lost the game to the silly Jets. that after that loss to the Jets, both of you are giving credit to John Gruden? Are you guys bleeping kidding me? Maybe. Recency bias, Dan. You need to stop with this recency bias. You got to see the whole picture, Daniel. Coming up next on my son Stevie show. The guy with the nickname? That's yeah. a, that happened today That's on in, in, on ESPN. You said you go with the guy with the nickname. <laughs> so Mason is now going to somebody and saying, "Hey, what? Give me a give me a nickname." Is it really a big deal that Dwayne Haskins missed the final kneel down because he was taking a selfie? 
if you watch this game between Washington and Detroit, that's a great question by itself. But if you watch this, I'm deeply, deeply sorry. They had a special promotion, $5 tickets there, and those people were overcharged by $5. But at the end of the game here, look at what happens. He just sort of forgets after the interception that there are eight seconds left, and he's taking a selfie. I can't think of a lot of people in the world who are going to be more displeased by that than Bill Callahan. But Joe Theismann and Billy Kilmer would be among them. And here's Case Keenum taking the snap uh, because Dwayne Haskins just sort of forgot that he had to finish the game. Uh, I think this is simply funny, but in the cathedral of football, they tend to take these things very seriously, and so they're going to get mad at him for this. Yeah, I was once a part of that cathedral of football, and I tend to think of myself as someone who thinks outside of that box and would say, that's no big deal. He's having a good time. Who cares? But he had... 44% completions and 156 yards. He was bad at football. Like, I think that's the only reason why that's a problem. If he dominated, if he's the type of quarter, if he's Russell Wilson and he doesn't make it for that kneel down, who cares because he is the reason why you won. But if you are just a passenger on that win, maybe you need to be out there to take that snap and kneel down and not draw any more attention to yourself. Or maybe it was ingenious. Now we're talking about that <laughs> and not how he almost damn near gave the game away for him. Well, I, I somewhat agree with you there, Dominique, but what I do think is that the circumstances of this team, this player, and this organization, I'm happier with his energy. I like his attitude more so than this one blunder. I think you can fix this. I think, you know, he talked to his offensive lineman last week or a couple of weeks ago saying, what do I have to do for you? I feel like he's bringing some sort of positivity to a franchise that's been in shambles. I know you're shaking your head, but look, this, they don't even have a coaching staff, really, right? They're working with an interim coach. Can't you blame the coaching staff? Staff for perhaps not having their quarterback ready and available some. Look, I think I'm more happy with what Dwayne Hassens is bringing than this one little gaffe at the end of a win. I hated that garbage little pep talk he gave to his offensive lineman. It was okay. grandstanding and nonsense. It got on my nerves. That bothered me. I think if, if we didn't have that precursor to this, maybe I'd be more comfortable with his selfies. But that got, I mean, that bothered me. What do I have to do to get better? Like that passive-aggressive nonsense. You know what you have to do to get better? Throw the ball to the receivers. It's plain and simple. Do that. Make the checks. Throw it where it's supposed to go. You guys have that highlight of the only pass that we could compare to that Carson Wentz pass? <laughs> there was a crossing route in the end zone. He had a touchdown, just an easy touchdown that could have been made by any high school quarterback you've ever seen, and he ended up blowing that. You can't do that and then be doing the selfies. Should the Steelers keep Mason Rudolph on the bench against the Browns? I mean, I was a little bit surprised that they went to the bench with him this last weekend, but they're interchanging parts here, and then they bring in the guy nicknamed Duck, and what does he do? It's a 79-yard pass because he's actually throwing the ball down the field. If Mike Tomlin thinks that that other guy is going to get him the spark like he got him against the Cincinnati Bengals so they could wheeze past them, then why not stay with what it is that got you there? Because Mason Rudolph isn't any kind of special. I mean, he's got a nickname. You don't have to call him that other guy. He's the Duck. Just call him Duck, all right? And yes, you should absolutely keep playing duck and I don't even think this has that much to do with Mason Rudolph necessarily to me this is Mike Tomlin's year this is him saying everybody who said we were underachieving the last few years look I'm making magic out of this collection of players right now and if they make the playoffs he should get 100% credit for that whichever quarterback he goes with fine I don't really care I can't tell the difference between the two but I do know that if you make that change in the first half it's because it's something you've been thinking about anyway so they make the change it works keep rolling with the duck
Yeah, I'm not sure that the Duck is all that great or that team is all that great. They beat the Bengals last week. Let's cool it, guys. The Bengals are not a good football team. I think you guys are well aware of that. They probably won't win any games this season. So I'm not sure that how much credit we need to give to the Duck, but I don't think that Mason Rudolph gives you a, any better chance of winning. So I think you go with the guy with the nickname because it's fun and also because putting Mason Rudolph out there against the Cleveland Browns might be terribly dangerous for everyone on the field because the last time he's out there, we had a little scrum, a little situation that apparently somebody should have gone to jail for your right? analysis was the guy with the nickname that's yeah. a, that happened today that's on in, in, on espn you said you go with the guy with the nickname <laughs> so mason is now going to somebody and saying hey what give me a give me a nickname let's Ooh, think of one for him come on spitballer what you got <laughs> mace the man i don't know i've got a few he's not gonna like <laughs> Highly questionable this broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. Time to play the game that thinks stuffing is the best Thanksgiving side. Do you question the name of the game? And it shouldn't just be on Thanksgiving. It should be year-round. Why is it not year-round? You give us topics and events, we question them. Do you question this motivational tactic? I feel like if Ed Orgeron did this, the swamp monster who coaches LSU, we would have uh, said, hey, that's fun and funny. But when Tom Herman does it and then proceeds to go lose to the two touchdowns to Baylor. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that, oh, that, that fourth one, one got him. It got him. Like that he was falling one. backward. That yeah. was not just him stepping away. He was clearly shaking right there. <laughs> Let's go in for more. No. Dominique, who is impressed by this? Is anybody impressed by this on a football team? No, no. That just reeks of desperation. It's like my scheme isn't working. I can't find a way for my message to get to you. So I'm just going to act like a lunatic and maybe that'll catch on. I don't know what he's doing. And then to follow that with a loss, it's just embarrassing. I imagine that those boosters there are not happy with him and they are not impressed with his ability to withstand traumatic brain injury before a game. We, we're, we're in agreement, right, that he was definitely made woozy by all that <laughs> yeah. and then tried to prove that he wasn't woozy, thus proving <laughs> that he was actually woozy by going back in. Do you question if this is better than a Gatorade shower celebration? All right, Kentucky high school football. Let's see. Look at these guys. You got their attention. Did you see those televised facial <laughs> Is there reactions? Anything better than a Gatorade? Show? Oh, oh, no. Wait, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, there oh, oh, oh. That is better. That is better than you just get a Gatorade hat instead. I mean, Who I know Tom it? Herman would like that, but I don't know if these kids would like that, having things falling from the sky and concussing them. I want to know the number of the kid who threw that because that, I, I don't know. I just want to make sure. It was number five. It, it's hard no. to see, man. Making it all the better. You can't even. Uh, yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was number five. five. It was number five. But I don't think that's the worst Gatorade celebration we've seen, though. Mm. Let's see. I What's the worst one? <laughs> oh, this one was worse. That's true. Oh, my face. Man. Face first into the ice. Yes. Thanks, girls. Grandpa comes to help, and he falls down, too. He was telling them not to when they were heading his way. <laughs> he knew know. what was going to happen. <laughs> Time to play the game that's actually right next to Dan. <laughs> See? Oh, no. You tell us what's on television. Dominique's timing will be terribly <laughs> off. Tonight on ESPN, Monday night, football, Ravens and Rams. Hey, remember when the Rams were revolutionizing offensive football? That happened quickly where it went to the other sideline, and now it's Lamar Jackson, and he's got his personal hype man, Mark Ingram, here to tell you why anyone 
Anyone who disputes that that guy's the MVP has to come talk to him. Now I would just like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend, the MVP frontrunner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Yes, sir. Trust. I'm with you. Uh, Izzy, are you intrigued? Just literally overheard this today at physical therapy. Had a man saying, hey, Sean McVay, garbage. It was all Todd Gurley last year. All those coaches who were hired after Sean McVay, they're going to fail too. The Rams are terrible. It's happening. Why it's are all we happening. paying him for the analysis? Why don't we bring that physical therapist in here to give he's just going to steal his material? <laughs> Dominique, are you intrigued? Of course I'm intrigued. So apparently big trust is something that Lamar Jackson says. According to Mark Ingram, it means big love. So I am in big love with Lamar Jackson and everything that they're doing out there. His offense is incredible. His passer rating is as good as um, Patrick Mahomes is on first and second down. And his average yards per carry on first and second down against loaded boxes is 8.1. That's higher than both Dalvin Cook and CMC. So Lamar Jackson is the best, not only the best player in the NFL this year, maybe the best player in NFL history. I want you guys to announce, uh, I want you to notice what his analysis was and what his analysis <laughs> was, where he stole his from his therapist and he gave you way too much information. Woot woot. Big trust. That is all the time we have for today. Neither one of these guys has anything to plug, so check out South Beach Sessions on the Levitard and Friends Network. Thanksgiving's coming. I got stuff to plug. <laughs> you think Tom Brady has butt implants? Hunters. Butt implants. I mean, he clearly has hair plugs. He clearly has Botox and some other sort of plastic surgery. And I got to say, his butt's looking a little better in his pants <laughs> than they've been in the past. I mean, he's not a fast guy. He never wow. had cakes before. All of a sudden, the man got a little bit of cakes.